the holiday edition of the Pre-Sale Pulse, a real estate show dedicated and committed <laughs> uh, to helping you understand everything in real estate across Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. Now, I'm Ryan Lalonde, and as always, I'm joined by the bringer of joy, <laughs> the deliverer of sales, and our very own gift to real estate marketing, Susanna Gonzalez. Gift. <laughs> Normally, when someone calls me a gift, it's in quotation marks. You're a treat. <laughs> treat. Now, with the imminence of the holiday season looming over us, can't help but think how grateful we are uh, at all the development and the industry partners that we work with on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, we're truly blessed. Uh, 2021 has been an incredible journey and it's hard not to think about what we might wish for going into 2022. Let's start off with a quick recap. Uh, we've seen a range of interesting trends throughout the year, uh, a reset of home buyer habits, a continued lack of supply of new homes into the market, the uncoupling of home and office, uh, the rise of secondary markets, a surge towards affordability, and of course, municipalities making municipality-like decisions. Now, if you were one of those naysayers and you thought that the market would cool with the weather, you would be mistaken. Uh, this past month has been characterized by surges demand, both in pre-sale and the resale marketplace, uh, all across Metro Vancouver. Uh, and there's a lot of exciting things happening that we're gonna touch on. So we're very excited to jump into it and very excited to share. So if you're new to the channel, the pre-sale pulse is about recapping both the pre-sale and the resale marketplace over the past 30 days. We touch upon industry trends and ensure that our subscribers feel like they have their fingers on the pulse and are becoming real estate intelligent. So in today's episode, we're gonna talk about some of the biggest headlines out there. We're gonna talk about Omicron and the state of the market. Uh, we're gonna talk about historically high resale activity paired with strong pre-sale absorptions. Uh, and of course, a peak of what's to come in 2022. If you're looking for market data, information on a specific marketplace, or recommendations on product design, our internal MLA advisory team is active in all major markets across Canada, so reach out to us using the links below. Now today we're thrilled to be filming in one of Vancouver's best kept secrets, Delgard Kitchen, a local restaurant with a passion for fresh local food, wine, and craft beer, of course, all influenced by the West Coast lifestyle. And looking around, the perfect place for a holiday celebration or a cozy fireplace chat, which is what we're having today, about last month's real estate market, starting with macroeconomics. Ryan, take it from here. Uh, it is cozy here. It is, it's beautiful. As always, let's start with macro, as Suze has highlighted. Uh, let's take a little look at the invisible hand. So as a filming, CAD, the Canadian dollar, it's trading at 78 cents. Uh, that's a 10 week low to the currency. This is largely led by some recent declines in oil prices uh, that happened in November. I'm not sure how that's related, but the guys upstairs tell us that it impacts it. We're also taking a look at Canada's outlook. Uh, job growth continues to be evident. Uh, we're seeing that both British Columbia and Toronto, especially in the manufacturing areas uh, across the country. One of the biggest topics of discussion, however, in the past several weeks has surrounded the new Omicron variant, first detected in South Africa. Since detection, it's spread globally. This has led for, uh, I think, a degree of uncertainty. I don't want to say a ton, but a degree of uncertainty. There's a fear of returning to lockdowns. There's certainly uh, COVID-related restrictions that, that many countries are enforcing. Canada has jumped out in front, um, really taking a quick look at what this means for us, uh, for us as a nation, and then blocking specific countries that have had significant outbreaks uh, in, the past, uh, in the past seven days. Now hot off the press also, the Bank of Canada's most recent press release. Overall, rates are unchanged. This is a good thing. Uh, but they're also recognizing that strong economic results um, are an outcome of low rates. They also recognize that the economy is still in need of economic support. Let's talk fixed rates. They've increased uh, 40 basis points as we predicted. 
This is something in, in the area of 2.33 to 2.69%. That's primarily due to a five-year bond increase yield over the last uh, few weeks. That said, we've also seen more recently the five-year bond yield starting to come off. As that happens, we think that the five-year fix will also follow. Regarding variable, discounts are cheaper than ever right now. We're seeing variable rates on conventional files sitting something around 1.18%. Unconventional files, in some cases, dropping down below that 1% threshold. That is unbelievable. And lastly, unemployment rate in British Columbia. We love talking about this number, 5.6% um, across the nation. That's incredible uh, on how we're doing on the world stage. Nationally, we saw about 154,000 jobs being created in the month of November. The majority of those jobs happening in British Columbia or Ontario. So turning our attention now to our pre-sale pulse and our pre-sale data, November was an exceptionally active month, seeing 16 projects launch across Metro Vancouver, bringing over 1,900 units to the market, which is even slightly more than we predicted. This is nearly double the amount of inventory we saw released in November of 2020. Absorptions reached a mammoth 69% in November, driven by several Fraser Valley projects reaching near sold out status within their first month of sales, including our very own Easton. Check out our pre-sale pulse on the Fraser Valley for more info on that. Now, if we exclude the Fraser Valley projects from the forecast, we see that same month absorption in November in the mid 40, 40% uh, range, which is actually what we've been seeing uh, all summer and all autumn long, but still quite high for this time of year. Um, and we don't expect this demand to be going away anytime soon. That's the headline, really. So getting into a little bit more of the details, we saw several major launches in the market. We saw Victor, Flamingo, uh, Air by North Harbor. As mentioned, these projects received a ton of attention. They've absorbed very, very well in the marketplace. Fraser Valley was one of the most active markets this month. Uh, again, and I'm sure Brittany is going to have a lot to say about that on the Fraser Valley pre-sale pulse. 10 out of the 16 projects were actually launched in the Fraser Valley in the month of November. Now, of course, condo product continues to be a really hot topic, uh, but this month, November, the second largest release of Townhouse product this year. Finally. And that, finally, <laughs> offering affordability and space in so many new markets. So let's look at our forecast for December. We're expecting 463 units to launch a mix of wood frame and concrete product. Now, this is a far cry from the 1900 units we just saw in November, but this is common for the month of December. This is not unusual. We typically will see a noticeable slowdown in December as most focus on the holidays and traveling. This is also why we saw so many homes released in November because they were all trying to get, uh, get out uh, before the holidays. Now we're still expecting some good demand over December though. Alder Grove Town Centre, which began its suite selections in early December, has papered all of its units already. So December is also still looking uh, very, very good indeed. And you can feel everybody is setting up for a really strong start to 2022, right? Absolutely, we are off to the races January 2nd. <laughs> well, Suze, why don't we talk about some of the projects? Yeah, let's talk about Concord Pacific. It's currently taking registrations for its next phase of Concord Brentwood called Oasis. The project is slated for an early 2022 launch. Now the multi-phase development with potentially 11 towers, so this is a big site, has uh, already launched 1,700 units since first beginning sales in 2016. The most recently launched buildings, C&D, are now nearing sold out status of both buildings. The project will be adjacent to the existing phases off the Lougheed Highway and will be within walking distance of the Brentwood Town Centre Skytrain Station. Now, information on Oasis is still a little bit limited, uh, but uh, its unique selling feature seems to be an island resort within the comfort of your home. Club Oasis will feature an outdoor sunbathing beach, 
along with the running track and squash courts. Definitely sounds interesting. I think that's going to pique a lot of people's interest. And they will be up against Shape Properties Amazing Brentwood and Appia's Solo District Final Phase. So the competition in, in Brentwood is getting even stiffer. And, and at a time where nobody is traveling or far less are traveling uh, than, than I think what they would desire, uh, having access to a beach sounds like a really incredible amenity right now. Sure does. Next up, let's talk about Griffin Developments. Nova by Griffin. Gan sales in early December. The project is located on the corner of Oak Street and 67th Avenue. 43 units at the standard mix, one, two, and three bedrooms. No big surprise there. Uh, what is interesting though, is starting prices are at 779 for a one bedroom. So there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, we're not going to deep dive, in, deep dive on that now. Uh, reach out to our advisory team in the links below to learn more. But I do want to focus on how Griffin is making some great use of unused ceiling space. The project's bedrooms include uh, beds, which you'd expect, desks, storages that actually disappear into the ceiling. Now, that maximizes secondary uses of space, which is something that is a hot topic on all of our sales floors today. Yeah, we're really trying to maximizing, uh, maximize space, and that's a great way to do that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think that this really speaks to just the convergence, Suze, of some of those several um, design trends that are happening out of the marketplace right now. Now, both COVID restrictions and escalating prices are really encouraging developers to think so creatively about how we use every inch of an apartment um, or of a home. And as a result of that, really interesting amenities and also really interesting in-home design features. Now let's talk about Claridge House by Polygon Homes uh, next. Um, the Canby Corridor has really come on strong over the past several months after kind of a pause in 2019 and 2020. Our autograph program has just closed but we've been seeing strong depth of market all year long. Now Claridge House by Polygon Homes began previews mid-November and is set to launch a collection of boutique apartments in the heart of that Oak Ridge neighborhood that we know has a lot coming. The project will be directly competing with Everbright's properties Lena, which began sales in September, is targeting $1,500 a square foot and is now 35% sold. Claridge House, uh, by comparison, is targeting approximately $1,650 per square foot and is set to offer a mix of one, two, and three bedroom products pretty standard fare, but uh, a great site nonetheless. No five bedrooms. No, not yet. Maybe they should be thinking about that. I'm sure the city will mandate it shortly. Next up, we're gonna finish with one of the more unique projects that's happening downtown, uh, 1289 Nicola. This is an interesting one by Damex Group. The project is much smaller than what we typically report on, but we wanted to highlight it. It's seven market and three rental homes just off the corner of Harwood and uh, Nicola. So the product offers larger formatted homes. It's targeting the mid 2200s uh, price per square foot. Now its architecture takes some notes from the Haussmann buildings at Paris. Uh, and yes, if you're interested, check out the links below. We've linked that out just to make it easier to reference. Now, the reason why we think it's worthwhile highlighting is that the project embodies somewhat of a new class of project uh, that's becoming more and more common in the West End. Namely, developers taking existing low density sites and creating boutique projects that fits within the form and the character desired by the West End. So rather than focusing on adding any density and really you know, pushing out the timelines to be moving through development applications, uh, it's carrying a much faster time to market. Developers in the West End focusing on larger formatted, low to mid-rise development. Developers really capitalizing on that higher end price point. We're curious in what you think about this form of project, short-term trend or potential long-term solution. Uh, we're interested in your feedback. Send us a note. Um, and let us know your thoughts. Yeah, personally, I'm, I think there's a place for this type of product, but I think just given the, the, how much we need supply in our city uh, to, to not be adding that density is a real shame.
but that's just my perspective. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Suze. Now let's get into the resale data and look at supply and demand trends we've seen in November. Over the past month, 3,400 transactions occurred in Greater Vancouver, 12% higher than November 2020, and 33% above the 10-year average. This was a massive November. Condominium product continues to be making up much of the increased activity we've seen, especially in the last several months. This is especially true for submarkets such as Burnaby and Coquitlam, which have seen sales activities increase by 40% from there where they were last year. Not too surprising considering the appreciation we've seen in those markets. Now more concerning is that inventory continues its downward trend in November, falling to around 7,100 at the end of the month. That's a 36% decrease compared to November of 2020 and an 11% decrease compared to October, furthering the supply imbalance we're seeing in all of our uh, uh, markets and the drum that I keep beating. <laughs> inventory is usually fairly limited this time of year, but we expect supply to start increasing around February and Lunar New Year and into the spring especially as we see a new wave of pre-sale product come onto the market, which will be much needed. So the HPI benchmark price was sitting at 1.211 million. That's a 2.9% increase over the past three months and a 16% increase over the past year. It's a huge outcome. It's gotta be around this time that I just wanna thank CMHC and all the major banks that bet against the local market for the incredible value forecasting shared over the last 18 months. Now, so the headlines made it seem like anyone who bought in that market would end up in the red. And while I'm just so happy to say that the HPI index price is up 18% above where it was in June of 2020. Now it's especially interesting to see that the composite benchmark price for all Greater Vancouver cracked a new all-time high in November. The time of year is typically characterized by slower market activity as sellers really wait until the spring market to sell their home. As Susanna just shared, unusually strong demand and very, very low supply. We're seeing rapid price growth, even moving in to the latter parts of this year. Yeah, with the lack of supply, we've seen big one-year gains. Maple Ridge saw a 30% increase, Whistler 29%, Squamish 27%, Detached and townhomes were up 20% in Greater Vancouver, and apartments up 11% from a price perspective. These numbers are even bigger in the Valley this year. Significant jumps in one year. Not surprising when we know that we're undersupplied by 10,000 homes a year, and our cities don't want to do anything about it. These numbers are big and so uh, hopefully they're listening and might think about what they can do about that. It's amazing what would happen if you started tracking the metrics, right? Just pay attention to the data, the price escalations, the lack of supply, and then think, what could we do? And, and how do we actually truly do something about affordability? That would be a great conversation to really have. So what does all of this mean? Let's talk about sales to listing ratios. Given how often we talk about how undersupplied the market is, I think it's important we just take a quick pause and talk about what the metric is used for and why we talk about it. Now the sales to listing ratio helps us understand what the current market environment is like for both buyers and sellers when trying to buy or sell a home. Now we generally say that we're in a seller's market if the sales to listing ratio is 18 to 20% or higher. 18 to 20%, that's the benchmark. Now generally when in a seller's market, sellers have greater control over pricing and multiple offers on homes are more common. Now with that in mind, to compare, Greater Vancouver had an estimated 48% sales to listing ratio in November. These levels are typically only reserved for spring and early summer months. That's also 5% higher than it was in October and 14% higher than it was in September. That's a big November. Now this is especially pronounced for townhome product, which was sitting at a sales to listing ratio of around 74%. 
keep in mind, the benchmark is 18 to 20. We're at 74% for townhomes. This is starting to look almost like Fraser Valley numbers. So as you can see, this is just you know indicative of the fact that uh, the market has been hugely active and that November has not seen any slowdown whatsoever. And, and what does this really mean to our home buyers and to uh, any of our viewers? Well, ultimately when we have three months or more of sales ratios above that 20% threshold, we see price escalation. Mm -hmm. And I think that our sentiment is, is that until we can really tackle those supply challenges that we've talked about show after show after show, um, and they've been on basically every, that, that have played a huge role in almost every part of the headlines uh, that you read in media since the, the 80s for the most part, until we tackle that, it's gonna be very difficult for us to continue to offer affordability within the city. Yeah, and I think the reason why we keep honing in on it is because it's the one area where municipalities in particular could really actually have an impact on, and yet uh, they, they continue to ignore it. Okay, so before we wrap up here, I wanted to share a question we received from a viewer. How do investors use small down payments to flip contract assignments before closing dates? Who buys these contracts and how does the investor sell them? It's a oh, great question. I like it. Thank you for that question and for tuning in. And keep these coming, by the way. Yeah. Now, pre-sale contracts typically require a 10 to 20% deposit. So not necessarily a small down payment, I would say. And sometimes that can be stretched out over the course of a year or a year and a half. Your deposit is held in trust during construction, which for a concrete tower, for example, will take several years to build. These contracts are often purchased closer to completion by end users who maybe didn't have the foresight several years earlier to purchase, and now are looking for something new that they can move into very soon. They can also be purchased by bullish investors who still see value in the market long-term and simply want to grow their real estate portfolios and place their money. These assignments can sometimes be listed on MLS or other online mediums, as well as realtors tapping into their networks, databases, and the relationships they have. I love this next question. This is one other uh, that we received in the last 30 days. Um, are previous MLA investors who wanted to purchase multiple contracts given preferential unit selection. It's a really interesting conversation. Now, we have said episode after episode, make sure that you subscribe to the Newswire. Yeah. Uh, because it gives you access, right? And that's what we're really talking about, access to the homes that you don't want to wait in line for. And so our answer to that would be the more um, that you put yourself out there and the more that you can engage with our sales teams, the more you can engage with us as an organization, the more that we understand uh, what you're interested in, and that allows us to ensure that you are first in line. Similar plug to every other episode, make sure that you hit that subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up. Um, we love the fact that we can offer you early access to any of the programs that we have coming up in our pipeline. Let me be clear, Q1 and Q2 of next year are huge for us. We have an incredible number of projects that are going to be coming to the marketplace. We're very excited to share that, so make sure that you're registered today. Suze, can you believe that it's already another year of the pre-sale pulse? It's so fast. I can't believe it just went by this year. Um, when we originally created this show, uh, there was so much uneasiness in the market. Recall that we started this in 2020 um, and we felt like there's a significant amount of value in front of us and that we wanted to make sure that our viewers really felt connected to that value. Uh, 20 episodes later, countless learnings, 95% accuracy rate on predictions. Only 95? Uh, uh, it might be higher. Uh, we're still loving this series and thank you to all those that joined in uh, and have enjoyed the ride with us. Now, if you found some value, as always, uh, in this episode, hit that like button, share, and subscribe to our channel. This gives you extraordinary access to Newswire, daily roundup, the latest real estate news. Subscribers also get early access to pre-sale pulse, market insights, 
and a ton of other projects that are breaking ground. Now, over the past 12 months, MLA Advisory has continued to push in every major market across Canada. We are active coast to coast. So if you're in search of a market perspective or you're looking for a second opinion, contact us by visiting any of the links below. And of course, we want to hear from you. Follow the links in the show notes to submit your questions or requests to speak about any trends or insights not mentioned in our episodes. We want to ensure that the Preslow Pulse is your preeminent source of real estate intelligence. Now, Ryan, I think it's time for us to go have some rum and eggnog. Uh, big happy holidays to all our viewers out there. We wish you all the best. Have a wonderful holiday season with your family, your friends, your loved ones. We really look forward to seeing you in the new year. And why don't we close on uh, Susanna soloing a nice Christmas jingle? I don't want a lot for Christmas. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> Maybe next year. We'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs>